I'm waiting for you to say we're live. And I shouldn't get caught up reading before it starts. <laughs> well, that's why we have a countdown, so you clearly know how much time you have left. Well, when uh, I paid attention, there was about a minute left. Uh huh, and just kind of lost track of your brain. <laughs> I was reading, and it got good. Okay, well. Hello, Lurkers and Bots. It is 2020-10-21. This is episode 28. Uh, Minion had a thing last uh, Sunday, so we skipped that. But I'm sure he updated Twitch to let everybody know and all this kind of stuff, right? There is no way for... <laughs> Could adjust... There technically isn't a way, other than through, like, other websites. Oh, or you could, like... Since you've been working on improving the entire Twitch presence and the main page has all of the nice graphics and the sections, the categories, you could have a big fat update there and you could of course update the schedule and stuff like this. You know, the 20% time stuff that you should have been using to improve everything that we already have. I mean, I haven't even talked about creating a Twitch account yet. <laughs> stuff like this, like a, sorry, a Twitter. I, there is a Twitter. There, do we do have a Twitter? Oh, wow. I had no idea. Maybe I should visit it one day. I set up a Twitter, but the account and name scheme, I've been fiddling, fiddling with it every now and then. Okay, so you're still playing? I can't, apparently, I can't get the entire Lucid Indifference. It goes Lucid and Diff, <laughs> and then a number for some reason. Ah, uh, it sounds about right. <laughs> okay, so... Uh... I'm, I'm going to open with the bullet points just so that new people can get an idea of what this particular episode is going to be about. Um, well, I mean, I'm going to talk a, a bunch about the technical stuff. I've been improving on that, but that's going to be saved for uh, last segment. Um, I almost died, so I'm probably going to talk about that a little bit. Um, I also discovered why I randomly smell nicotine or, well, cigarette smoke specifically. And I talk about some of the sound treatments of this, the room that I'm currently in. Um, my new headphones, my no monitor headphones, talk a little bit about that, as well as I've got some new equipment coming in. I'm finally getting confident enough that um, like, I'm, I'm pushing certain things probably faster than I ought to. So I'm improving some equipment and stuff like that, but it's not necessarily for this show. I've got a backlog of other stuff that I want to be working on. So vocal improvements uh, and room improvements, stuff like that are, these things have been on my mind for some, some years now, actually. Um, what else? What else? Editing some of the old shows, the, the old like pre-shows stuff before we had discovered kind of what we're about, what the tone was going to be. So I, I'm still... I've still got quite a lot of stuff to go through and I had to learn quite a lot more about the audio engineering stuff to try to clean all that up and all that's going to be brought into, well, the show that I'm speaking with right now, this is going to be, um, this is going to be the next iteration of improvements for audio quality. And one of the things is the audio quality can be done much better in post rather than live. So Twitch has some limitations that we have that need to be, there can be arrangements for improving audio quality in strange ways via software live, uh, but so far any of my expertise is kind of doing uh, 
I'm using Audacity offline. And that stuff tends to be um, a little bit easier than trying to tweak things live without hardware, that is. Mm, what else? What else? I've got a lot to riff off of from just that stuff. So I let's get right into it then. Um, so Minnie, do you want to talk about why you missed last episode at all? Does it matter to you? Oh, uh, League of Legends is has introduced this game, um, a tournament that happens every now and then, and they just dubbed it Clash, where group up with people whether it be your friends or completely randoms in this case it was kind of through one person i had on my friends list that i haven't played since 2018 and then that person just found a bunch of people that they knew we grouped up we played um the tournament at that tournament had four days it wasn't in a row, it was Saturday and Sunday for two weeks. It was every Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we missed. I missed the first two, but I want to do the third. Want to do the next one available, and the person messaged me, so we did it. Uh, we won day th- in our small tournament group. We won. We got first place, and then the next one we got sixth place, which wasn't so bad. I learned that some calls are okay, and then I just got to realize the strength of the enemy that we're fighting. Wait, sixth out of how many? Of the opponents we're fighting. Like sixth place? Sorry. Sixth place out of like a thousand or what? Sixteen, or there's 16 teams per per group. So you're six. Because there's like a bunch of people playing. Okay, so you're six out of 16, but there's multiple, because you were kind of describing it to me the other day about there being like a whole bunch of separate groups of 16 that were all fighting against one another totally distinctly. Yeah. So you were talking about strategy. Well, looking back on it and how things, most of my calls were fine. Go for, if we want to fight. I immediately started looking for what we could do and then started strategizing, started thinking around that. So we're actually kind of planning ahead for this stuff. This is, I I mean, I haven't, well, I play Heroes of the Storm, so it's, and I don't PvP, so it's very different. Um, and I know League of Legends is, I have, I used to look at it over your shoulder because I was bored. Probably should have been like reading books instead. <laughs> So I understand some of the stuff, but it's pretty in depth. So did you get something out of it other than like, just in game, just in game cosmetic, look at shiny things, look at like just in game, pretty things. Okay. So is it like stuff that could not be otherwise acquired? So you can't purchase it or anything like that. Okay. So, I mean, that's something of everybody on the other team and they were willing to be paid off. (laughs) <laughs> you mean <laughs> yeah yeah get a group of friends and and hope that you compete against them so they throw the game well i think it'd be i don't want to say it's 
Um, almost certainly not, right? Because it's, you don't even, I mean, if it was between the 16, then maybe, but if it's between like everybody in your like server area, right? So if it's everybody in that, that time zone, for example, then <laughs> there's no way. I assume it's still a popular game, yeah? Yeah, more or less. More or less. Is it declining? Because, I mean, it's the, at least. A, it's still popular. It's, what was the, because, well, it is a MOBA. Isn't there a game called, like, that directly? Called MOBA? I can't remember what the original game was. Not my thing. The top, no, like Dota, I think you're thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, Dota is is like it isn't League of Legends still the most popular in that category of game? Yeah, League of Legends is still number one. Okay. With let's see, active users. Oh, this. Oh, uh, active users approximately twenty seven million daily in twenty seventeen. Oh, well, twenty seventeen is a long time ago. In internet years, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I assume you would have heard of some replacement coming along if something else. I wouldn't even touch any of them. No, you wouldn't get into some other game, even if it was more it, the rising star. It was more popular because it offered something new, something interesting, not just graphics, but with some cool I mean, thing. How you would do it nowadays is you take the concept of noticeable changes every now and then you're kind of screwing yourself over and not fixing and if you don't fix the game the bugs in the games it's really bad like a lot of competition right yeah so we'll take uh we'll take the original um battle royale player unknown battleground which for a while it was t player unknown battleground it was touted as its most um pretty good out it was decent out there but there were some issues and just weird things that happened and then epic threw out their own um battle Royale. a bunch of other companies decided to take their own to take the concept and throw their own spin onto it so i know there was one where magic was involved um and then i can't remember what company did uh, Apex Legends, but they threw a noticeable system where a notice a noticeable feature where you could go over to your mate, your, someone's dead, your teammates from their dead corpse, bring it over to revive station and revive people. Okay. Which, oh, the magic thing. No, not the magic thing. I just said the magic thing was a different was a. Another company spin on it. So, so, well, yeah, I can. Imagine. I'm all over the place, but so multiple companies and devs took the battle royals, bought battle royale genre, and added their own spin onto it. Um, so it just the oddities and more different or distinguishing features uh, spiraled out of control, I guess, for that genre. So um, it it was fresh and new, and all kinds of players were interested in it. So there's a lot of a lot of companies. They would maybe they're taking an upcoming title or an existing title and just add that as a map type and try to try to compete for all of that new attention, all that 
yeah a piece of the yeah exactly exactly and it's like uh i remember when minecraft came out and suddenly there were all these other like minecrafty type clones <laughs> like a bunch of people that yeah pretty much like that yeah and and I'm glad the so-called original-ish thing kind of stuck around, although I'm not entirely sure why. Um, but there were some some fascinating twists. One of them I was particularly interested in. It was kind of like an MMO, but it was Minecrafty style MMO. I always see that's one of the things I was hoping that game would. I, I hoped it would go in that direction, more like events that happen and multiple people and some more depth, really, uh, and not just adding like temples and 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 more animals and pets and nonsense like that. I was hoping there would be an actual in-depth game of some sort in there. Um, there's a lot of possibility that could still make its way in there, but I don't think the well, it's it, did Microsoft spin off another department or something to manage this game or? So just kind of one of their assets that they're keeping limping along. Do you know anything about that? For Mojang? Well, yeah. I mean, are they... Well, I don't know. I haven't followed development in a long time. But I mean, it's still a possibility that they could expand it. But they, the creative mode and all that kind of nonsense ended up being... They probably would... Well, I imagine they would just add a few people to it, but the people they add would be more of we're helping you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean... Because that'd be the worst thing to do is how to ruin a company, and I don't hear Mojang shutting. Well, yeah, I think... Because you were saying in a previous show that Microsoft, the gaming side of stuff, they've, they're have they really bright. They're really doing things... Uh, I don't know if we can say the right way, but they're doing things in a way that has been successful and has made all their players happy. And uh, so I'm, they're fairly hands-off. I'm waiting for, I've been waiting for a long time, for them to, to come out with like uh, virtual reality Minecraft type stuff because it really lends itself to that. It's low enough, quote-unquote, low enough quality in a sense. And it's, there's an immersion that's there. And it's kind of a simple thing. So something even like a creative mode in virtual reality would do very, very well. So I'm kind of surprised that hasn't. I always thought that that was the main reason they bought it. The original Kinect for the Xbox? Oh God, that was awful. It was like this always on thing. It was fun when I tried it out for a bit. It was okay, but it wouldn't be something I would do. Uh, for an extended amount of time, I've seen. I didn't. I got to try out the first iteration. I have the second. I think it would be. I think you can call it the second iteration of the Connect, but I never used it. I just gave it to my brother, who took it and transformed and utilized it for 3D scanning because it already had that feature built in. Oh, I remember when people um, developed that for the original. And we're showing it off. And it's kind of that it was creepy. It was creepy. 
Yeah, but it, I don't... Well, it already scans out the 3D layout of things it, since it had two cameras. Yeah, yeah. And I remember uh, it's almost like the, the original release of the Xbox was probably more expensive than it needed to be because it came with this monstrosity. Yeah, it was it was a it was a bad it was a bad decision all around. It's like, uh, what what would the you could say be? it was a bad decision, but it was a pricey learning experience for them. I think they're well going back to what you said about uh, virtual doing virtual reality for Minecraft and development, but probably not nowhere ready to be released or yeah maybe they're waiting on competition to to blaze that trail yeah speculating wise because of the backlash they had and people had to just leave because of it um i'd imagine not i don't want to put words in i don't want to unquote or misquote them but i hope i remember hearing phil spencer who's the current head of the gaming microsoft gaming division i believe i don't remember now but i think he did say the phrase gamers first and i think i did say this over previous shows but they said something about that in theory that on pen and paper were fine but realizing when you look at it and had the moment to think it wasn't that great where if you bought a game you own that game if you physically bought a game, you own it, but you couldn't... Oh, license transfers? Yeah, license transfers and actual DRM. Oh, God. Which made it a nightmare. And then PlayStation immediately included the 30-second uh, segment of, here's how you share a game. The guy took a case, handed it off to somebody else, and the <laughs> guy said, thank you. This is how you share a game. <laughs> yeah. And immediately that, Xbox had Microsoft the Xbox game division had to revise so many things but after the change it actually went well for them and they're starting to make a comeback well good I'm I mean I don't know I don't like that there isn't uh, like the the entire console concept uh, I was hoping there would be some competition there, but I don't know if there ever will be because there's it's always PC plus these guys that are just desperately clinging on. Um, and it's I'm telling you in the previous show what I was talking about an absolutely spectacular opportunity for men to go to trinary computing, and then consoles will have an edge, a literal computing edge, and a hard difference where PC games, um, their games, console games, could not be ported to PC. They would be actually exclusive. And if the console developers all got together and decided to that do this... That can't happen. No? No. It's manufactured and set to however they can. It's doesn't. It's not... Well, the, I mean, it depends on who owns all the patents and stuff. So it's, it's just a dream of mine, really, where if, if like, cause <laughs> the early days, like Sony, I think Sony still has the patents for DVD, possibly just for optical disc playback. 
And so they actually get a cut of com- competitors that that use that. They have it for Blu-ray as well. Really? Yeah. And that's why Nintendo was switching to cartridges for for all their stuff. And uh, so with with all the limitations associated with that stuff. So that's that's part of why there were there's less emphasis on realism for Nintendo games because they literally do not have the hard drive space, the disc space, the cartridge space for all this kind of stuff. But, uh, I mean, it's, it is a dream of mine that hardware could be, uh, exclusive to consoles. If the right patents and the right arrangements were made, the thing is they would be horrifyingly expensive. Like it would be, it would be more expensive to buy a console than it is a really good computer. And so not very many people would buy one. So it, there's, well, trying to remember, that would be the thing. That would be nice to see. And then games could take advantage of that for ludicrous speeds. And uh, yeah, well, well, I don't know. I'm, it can't happen for, I mention this every now and then, but I, not too sure if I did mention on the stream. Um, it can't happen for Xbox because anything developed for it is on, unless it they changed it a while ago and I haven't read up on it. But uh, Microsoft has this thing, uh, UWP Universal Windows Platform. So essentially, it's uh, if it can run on Xbox, it can run on PC. The developer just needs to enable it and just make some changes, and it's all fine and dandy. Yeah, you did mention this. So yeah, it's the the ultimate cross-platform thing that just recompile it to target something else. And yeah, you're right. So if they came out with incompatible hardware, they would have to perform some sort of like it was just it's not feasible. I still. I am still crossing my fingers that Microsoft cleans their stuff up and also does mobile phones as well. Uh, that kind of failed. <laughs> so They tried phones and failed. They tried competing with Apple for the music space. Yeah. Um, I would probably buy a Windows phone, actually, as my next phone uh, because a lot of the functionality, the docking type of functionality, just Android is so alien and all the software on it is just garbage. And it's not like I like Windows software as such, but having a a link, an umbilical cord between my desktop computer and my phone would be a it would it would be killer functionality for me, and I would easily walk away from Android for for that kind of stuff to use the applications that I'm used to on Windows. Not that I I don't actually I'm still a Linux guy, so I still have Linux. I have a gateway to Linux through Windows, but Windows has, I mean, some software, right? Some software. Like, I can do crazy things, like <laughs> have a text editor with multiple tabs. That's really hard on Android. So, so sad. But yeah, I would I would totally, if it was done right, I would never go to Apple, that's for sure. But Apple's got some really fun, because I've talked about that in the past, about Apple they've really got a, a strong uh developer base for the hardware for the custom CPUs for a lot, for a lot of everything so they've got some well they would have to well and they apple tried to push itself as a production 
I can't see Apple being anything other than for production and such with the way they're put. I'm just waiting for their unified thing because they they have had something like that for a very long time. Like since early iPhones, there's been um, a bond between the actual OS X, the desktop side of stuff, and the phones. And so they're just fiddling around with some of the hardware. Um, like I said, I've talked about that before. When when Apple gets their next big breakthrough for the hardware stuff, they'll be able to use that specifically for laptops as well. So you'll get laptops with, you'll get phones with functionality similar to laptops and laptops with like battery life similar to phones, just because some of the of fundamental hardware architecture changes. But it's hard to guess on on this kind of stuff. I would like buying Apple stocks is probably a good idea as well as buying ARM stocks, things like this. I mean, assuming we have an economy anymore, all the, all the, yeah, <laughs> the fiddly requirement that civilization continues, who knows? Um, so yeah, I guess onto some other topic, if you like, unless you've got something to add. Like relate to apples or stocks and nothing really. We could swing back to the other one. Anything you like. Yeah, I mean, we we have the same old conversation of well, what game are you waiting for? Shrug. <laughs> Just so burnt out. Doesn't matter anymore. Um, I mean, I may as well get it out of the way. So, so my technically primary game would be World of Warcraft, but it's it's been. It is essentially dead because it's, it is end of life. Like the present content is just done. Everybody's done it. Everybody's sick of it. We just stopped caring. Uh, me and guildmates spend more time complaining in discord than we do playing. And so we're, we're waiting for this extra stuff to come out. I've gotten so frustrated that I'm not even messing around with the beta anymore. I just don't care. And and so, and I'm done all my add-on updating and I need to go back because I've, I've got one, one interested user who found a bunch of bugs in one add-on that I maintain, but I don't know how to program, etc. So we're just waiting for new content and the content is now delayed by two weeks and we're, and it's supposed to be, the entire expansion is supposed to be out by the end of the year. And it's like, well, what is that? <laughs> the fourth week of December? Like when, when are they planning this? And I still haven't pre-ordered anything like this. I just, hopefully they'll give me a month's notice so that I can figure that out. Uh, Cause if you pre-order, you get like a character boost and I wouldn't mind playing that right away and leveling it and all this kind of, you know, kind of getting a new character and playing around while I'm waiting for the rest of the stuff. Anyhow, they're supposed to have new content that comes out. And because I don't know when that is, uh, I can't, I can't plan my life around it. As weird as it sounds, I would take time off. Like I may not do this show depending on how that, because nobody knows anything about anything and Blizzard isn't saying anything. So it's not like I can say, okay, well, this particular day is when things start and I can, I will know that, uh, it, that it will last this long and this is what the gameplay is going to be like. So I can schedule my day around that. So I've only, I've only got so many hours in the day, right? So if I knew the, 
if I knew any details, then I could say, well, yeah, I can, I can take the four hours necessary for this. And then I would have to have breaks to do the audio editing. So I do the audio editing. So, so if this is like three and a half hours, four hours, really with some lead in, it's going to take minimum four, five hours to do the editing after the fact. And that, so I would have to schedule that time as well. So there's, there's actually, and that's twice a week. So not knowing how anything's going to work out. Cause sometimes when they release content, it's like, well, here's all this new stuff that you can do, but you can only, you only, there's a return on investment for how much effort you put in versus how much you get out of it. So I can go in and I can do my daily quests or whatever the heck, however that works. And then, then I'm done. <laughs> and, but if I know what that's like, uh, then, and, and, it, and I know, well, okay, yeah, it, it takes me X amount of time to go and do all that. And then I'm done. Then I can, then I can schedule my life around that and say, well, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'll just go and knock this out for today. And then I've got the rest of the day to do other stuff, but nobody knows anything about anything. And it's just, it's frustrating so many people to not know when it is, how complicated it is, what we're going to be able to do, how unique that, because this is a, some of the stuff that happens is literally a once in a lifetime thing. Not that it's, not that it matters that much, but, 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 right. So, and there's a lot of people that are, that are, that are new, new to me, new to the guild, um, that, and it's. Do you know the phrase FOMO? Uh, man, I've heard that, but I can't or, remember what I guess that means. the anagram? Nope. Analogy? Or no, it's not an anagram. Um, no, it's a f- FOMO stands for fear of missing out, which oh. the this is what com- companies do, or I guess, unless it's preserved and you get to access to it whenever. Well, yeah, I mean, that applies, right? Sure. And it's not necessarily just that, because in an MMO environment, uh, part of the part of the game is acquiring things, and if there's a unique opportunity for that, for acquiring things that they probably don't matter. There, there's actually one case where working moderately hard actually uh, gave you something that mattered matters to gameplay, and so I did the extra work for that. And so now I've got a thing that lets me do things and stuff for my account, not just that character. And so sometimes the stuff like matters, matters for future gameplay. So it's not just the experience of having done it. It's not just some cosmetic because sometimes, I mean, shrug, we just don't know. We don't know anything. So we don't know how excited to be. (laughs) We're just like sick and tired of the old stuff, waiting for something new and not really sure how how there's no hype train anymore. Like Blizzard, they're not, they don't know how to do it anymore. So, so yeah, that's kind of frustrating. So I'm, so I've been spending a lot of my time researching audio stuff just cause it's here to be done. And I mean, I've got nothing else. I mean, I've got lots and lots of other stuff on my plate, but nothing that actually reaches through my computer and and goes out into the world. I mean, it's one thing, so we could say it, it, you have something to do when there's a mess to be cleaned in your life. If like you're, you're learning a new recipe or something like this, that, that actually matters, right? That does matter. 
going and exercising or losing weight or, or, right? So me going and doing my gardening, that is stuff to do that matters, right? That matters to me in my life, but it's not exactly the same as something that escapes me and can reach out to other people. Not that they're like for a lot of my stuff, the quote unquote community might just be a few people here and there, but it's not regular interaction. So it's not like, um, you could hop on, uh, like one of these discords and there's just constant activity. There is a, a community there. So it's one thing to say that I've got stuff to do when I'm, I'm pointing at a terrible backyard that I could, I could do stuff there. But so the, something like a game that has other people I'm playing with, that is something that, that, that's on a tier that's different than the rest of the stuff I have in life. And working with this audio stuff eventually reaches through to this podcast, which, which escapes the, which escapes the walls here. So it actually matters a little bit more to me. So it's a, I don't know. So yeah, that's the thing I've been switching back to. It's like, I've got lots and lots of books on a, sh- on a shelf, on multiple shelves, right? And I could read them. That's stuff to do, but that doesn't grab me as much as like talking here right now would. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how many other people work like this. Maybe it's just my, there's an element of archivism that says nothing you do matters in life if it doesn't survive you. I mean, it'll just die with you. And then what? You can do a lot of stuff in life and it will improve you. It will make you happier and make you more fulfilled. And then when you reach out and interact with other people, just basic conversation or doing things with or serving others in some sense, you can do all this other stuff to improve yourself. And then it does matter because it, it influences you and how it impacts other people later, right? So there is some stuff that, that is quote unquote selfish or is insular of some sort. And that would still matter if you end up mattering, right? So it's like, if all you do is live in a box and never talk to other people, then, you know, after you're gone, because not as far as I know, not many or any people can escape that, that reality, (laughs) So, so when you go, what you leave behind kind of matters. So the immortality of information is I'll I could go on and on about that for forever, but that's why I'm writing a book. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to talk about random stuff because I got bullet points. So, um, man, so minion, I don't know how you deal with having one of your monitors in portrait mode. I just tried that. And I, I can't, it's just the weirdest perspective. It's just so tall. (laughs) And I I like have to lean my chin up and like, look at stuff. Uh, It's not like my monitor is very like, it's not. They're not even side by, they're free. You can, but your monitors, you can pretty much throw them in weird places. Can't you? Um, I'm not sure what you mean by weird places. Uh, so let's just say you have one directly in front of you. You can take one and swing it all over the place. Yeah. Both of my monitors are kind of like that. One's mounted to the wall and the other is mounted to my desk. They both spin freely and there's some articulation like the, you need to stop talking for five seconds and repeat that again. So 
That's lag on your end, not mine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so if I can... Just so it can reset itself and I can hear it and people can as well, otherwise they would have to listen to the read broadcast. Now is it okay? For now, yes. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea how to tell. Like, what's going on with you like you're listening to me through discord how are you telling it's out of sync yes but the connection something interrupts it and it just seems like it's a blip it just goes in out okay so discord breaks up yeah yes yeah as i said before discord will catch up pretty nicely um it just doesn't yes and no it kind of makes it a bit choppy and then it forces everything to you in a very fast pace, as if you set the speed to 1.7 or so. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with that. And that that doesn't matter to the local recording, but you're concerned about the live stream, things being audible to other people. Yes. So, because we're piping from Discord out to the live audience. Okay, I understand. So, okay, so I was talking about monitors. And you were saying that, that because my monitors are, can be articulated, and this is kind of true, like my secondary monitor, so there's a, I have two. Uh, the monitor on my right is on a desk clamp, and it can actually kind of move up and down and swivel and all this kind of stuff. So in theory, I could lower it almost to my desk, which I think I might do. I'm, I'm probably going to have to fiddle with this sooner rather than later because I'm going to, and this is something I'll talk about in segment two, I'm going to be rearranging my room and I'm going to have less desk space. So because I'm going to have that and I'm going to have less, less width for my screens. So I am, it has always been my intention to take these monitors and turn them and get a third in the middle. I actually have another monitor. I need to figure out like how to plug them all in and some stuff like this. I'll, I'll have to figure that out because I ordered new video cables and maybe need to order one more. So I'll discover, I'll discover how to do all this stuff sooner or later, but yeah, yeah, I'll probably take the, the monitor on that, that side and then turn it. So it's taking less width and then just drop it down near my desk and just hope it doesn't like I have a wired mouse. So hopefully it's not going to, Gonna move route all my cables around it. And one of the interesting things about the way I've got things set up is I I changed my wiring. I got this five meter USB cable. And I knew it would come in handy at one point. And I have it's a USB three and I have another one that's USB two that I never did make use of. Um there's technology for for USB called an active cable. So there's an active USB cable. And what that is, is there's a, a chip that performs magic and, and magic, and you can make a cable longer because of magic. And I don't know the, I don't know how it works. The USB three cable, it does have magic, but what it has is it's got a plug, a, like a power adapter on on that, on the far end. So you plug one end into your computer, there's five meters, and then there's an, there, then you plug the other end into an outlet. And, and, and so you can, that's how it powers all this stuff all the way across. If, if I need power, I actually have it, I have a great length on it. And so the arrangement of all my cabling is 
my com- I've got because I have two computers, two desktops, one that I just don't turn on these days, like my spare. And so it's tethered to the wall because of it's got a power requirements. So electricity. Then I've got this massive USB cable, and that's like wiring my microphone, theoretically my webcam when I get it working again, and even my speakers through that, and and on and on. And uh, so I actually, and once I get new video cables, I'll be able to really push some of my gear away. And so what's interesting is I have less wiring on my actual desktop because of all these arrangements. So when I actually move my desk and when I change to a a less wide desk, which I mean, I'm not looking forward to, I have to do some experimentation to see if it would drive me mental because I'm actually not, um, I'm broad. And the last thing I want is to have my elbows touching on either side of a wall when I'm trying to sit down with my computer. Um, who knows, maybe I'd like it. Maybe I'll find it really comfortable or something weird like that, but I need like, I mean, I need three feet across. That's, I think my, I think my freaking shoulders are two and a half feet across. Um, so, so snugging my monitors up and that's the thing. If I get three, I may not be able to have three monitors, not, not in the standard middle and two wings arrangement. I might I mean, maybe I shouldn't care. Maybe if I wanted another monitor, I'd mount it on the wall, kind of above. You know how you can stack them, kind of one on top of the other? But honestly, I don't know if I need a third monitor. I like having two because it lets me... I do actually need the width. Like, hey, I can talk about what I've got up on my screens right now. Like, I've got Audacity. So my main screen, I've got Audacity in a text file. And that takes up the full thing. It's not a big screen. And the, on the other monitor, like all of the Twitch moderation panel <laughs> needs all that space. Just the, the way things are, it, it, all the information I want <laughs> takes up all that space. So, I mean, a third monitor, what, like a web page that I might be looking at or something like this? Who knows? Who knows, right? So, I mean, it's doable. So, yeah, it's strange because I've got, not only do I have a spare like HD monitor, it's not, that is not an impressive statement anymore, right? So this is the bare minimum, like 10 year old technology kind of thing. And I've got a, a less than HD monitor. That's also another spare. This it's beautiful. It just, it's not 1920 by 1080. And so technically speaking, I can mount stuff. <laughs> I can have like a wall of stuff. Um, I, the thing is, I am somewhat green in terms of power usage because I don't want to have a lot of monitors, but it's it's not because I care about electricity. Um, it's because I care about heat and electricity is, is heat. So if I have big honking monitors, I, I need to look at the power usage of the thing and I'm just not going to buy something that's really, and my old monitors are like that. They're big power hogs. So I just don't want, I don't want to use them if I don't have to use them right now. I don't have to use them. So, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm still not sure how things are going to work out. So I'll talk about more of my room arrangement later. Um, yeah, why don't we go on a slightly earlier break than actually, I want to go on the thing before I forget how you said, you don't know how I could do a vertical monitor. 
yeah, it just seems like a strange perspective to me. You read on it though, yeah? I read so I needed some so re, when reading um Japanese manga or anything over or pretty much reading anything for essentially just reading comics and such, uh turns out vertical it's very handy in just reading pure text only as well. I mean that's it's essentially just reading books. <laughs> or it is reading a book, but some of the pages you can scroll down and see the actual full page instead of three quarters of a page. Well, you've got a tablet though, don't you? Like trap, like push things over onto that and use that instead. Not, no. I I could use a tablet for reading, but or I could just use the vertical monitor that I have now. Okay. I mean, I would. I mean, I've got an e-reader, right? So for just text and stuff like that, I push things over to that. But for, I mean, I guess for live surfing, it is kind of the lazy mode thing to do. I don't know. I don't like, I, mean, I don't know. On a tablet, I could just, again, turn it vertical and then read through that. But it's a bit smaller compared to the monitor. To hold it closer to your face. It solves everything. I could, I mean... Possibly. <laughs> that was the, uh, there used to be these, these monitor glasses that you'd have like a video cable plugged into them. And the argument was it was just like a, a how, like a 50 inch screen. <laughs> Cause you had these little monitors right next to your eyeballs. <laughs> so they looked huge, of course. But, but I mean, that did take off because it's dumb <laughs> and it's, it's very expensive. So yeah, I might, I might do this and just, cause it was just two minutes of me going, ah, I'm not going to deal with this right now. And, but maybe, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll fiddle with that. Cause I mean, that might, I might be forced to do that. I might be forced to have that monitor up like that just because of space requires like, because of, because I've got room acoustics and stuff like that that I'm working with, I may be forced to do that. It's kind of like living on a boat. You've got space constraints. And it might be just an interesting little experiment to see what it's like to have a small computing area. Because the advantage is when you push all of, of kind of your workstation out someplace little is that frees up a whole lot of space everywhere else. So if you have a smallish room, um, then it's, it's necessary. But if you've got a big room and do this anyway, then, you know, now you've got a really big room. So I don't know. I'm, I'm still. I'm still thinking about how to do things. I'm still thinking. Okay, so we are actually coming up on a break for realsies. So why don't we do that and we'll come back in about 10 minutes. Looks like we're back. Are we back? We are back. I just got to make a few changes in the transition thing. <laughs> actually, no, not even nothing. Remember, there should be a little bit of padding around the outside edges just so it's not too weird. I mean, I'm not supposed to care about any of this stuff. I mean, just because I could probably do it all on my own doesn't mean I can't, like, take advantage of your value, quote-unquote value. So I'm not going to continue talking about the room and the audio stuff until segment three. So I, uh, but I will talk about some of the little bits and pieces. So the monitor headphones that I have on now, I generally approve. I like them. And I had one of these concerns with, uh, okay, so, so right now it's valuable for me to hear my own voice, voice as I talk. 
So monitor headphones, monitoring, the act of monitoring is when I get a direct audio output from my microphone as I'm talking. So I've got big pads around my ears doing sound, reasonable sound isolation. So that means I'm isolate. my hearing is isolated from the outside, from the room. And it's even messing with my own perception of the hearing of my own voice. So if you plug your ears and you talk, you can hear yourself, but it sounds weird. And if you've got big headphones on, or if you've got plugs in, then you, you can hear yourself, but it's weird and it messes you up when you're talking. So people tend to do things like raise their voice, which becomes very tiring. So right now I do have a stressed voice and it might be because I'm still quite isolated, maybe I'm just not used to this, but I, but I can hear myself, which helps quite a lot. So I might be projecting a lot. This is, um, there's, there's a talent problem there, right? So, uh, the monitoring headphones, I had this problem before where plugging them in, I would get this bad feedback and Minion and I were experimenting uh, with like why this would happen because I could wrap my hands around the cable and the, this whine of this background annoyance would just go away. And I eventually would be able to cup my hand around the actual physical microphone itself and actually quiet it. And I'm like, okay. So I went and I looked and I looked and I looked and, um, and I did end up replacing the cable and that's what solved it of all things. I went and I dug up the original box for this thing. And, and cause I have this mounted on an arm, I didn't need the stand that came with it cause it's garbage. So I went and found the box cause that's where I put the stand. And I actually kept the, the original cable in there, which is great. So it was brand new cable, brought it out. It works perfect. So that was wonderful. The other weird thing that I had to work with was, um, so these, not only are these headphones performing the act of monitoring while I'm talking, so recording and talking and hearing myself all kind of at the same time, when I'm doing the audio editing, so I'm playing the show back and I'm doing modifications of it, I need an authentic sound, right? So I need an authentic sound so I can, well, uh, a, a capable person would be able to do equalization and certain headphones have equalization already done in strange directions. So they're like, oh, this brightens the lyrics. So the high end of stuff, the high pitch of stuff is, is raised a little bit, or this boosts the bass. So the low end is distorted up, but you don't want that. Cause if you're fiddling with a track for equalization, you want to hear what it is authentically. You don't want to have to fight with whatever has been cooked into your headphones. If you can even like if the manufacturer even tells you the modifications they made, cause the Bluetooth earbuds I was using, they didn't even say, otherwise I wouldn't have bought them. So, so the headphones are performing a service there. And the problem that I had was when I plugged this thing in, the mic was always hot. <laughs> so I would get that weird recording buzz constantly, even when I'm listening to something playing back, depending on what things are occurring in my computer at the time. So if they, if the microphone was hot, if it was listening, doesn't mean if it's recording, if it's just listening, it would do that. So I had this, this hell to deal with. I looked and I looked and one guy just recommends, oh, you just hold the button on the back of the microphone, the cardioid button. And it just mag magically makes the problem go away. It turns the monitoring feature off. Like, wow, I don't even think that was in the manual. I did keep the manual. I remember reading it. I think, I guess at the, at the, when I first got this microphone and read the manual, I never thought about doing what I'm doing right now. 
So maybe that knowledge didn't stick. Well, so it worked out. It worked out in the end. But the thing is with these headphones, man, my hat, my head gets so hot. And just because of the nature of the space I'm in, it actually gets cold in the wintertime. And it's strange because it's like, it's like wearing a, a, a not quite wearing a winter hat, but it, my head is very comfortable when it gets cold. My head's very comfortable. And like the rest of me, you got to kind of wear a sweater and um, I have to wear slippers or my feet are going to get just frozen cold. But my head, my head's just fine. <laughs> the other concern was, what's it called? It would be called something like, a, it's a certain kind of fatigue that happens if you're wearing headphones for a long time because they apply a little bit of pressure, right? They, so they got a band that, that pulls closer to your head to give you that nice seal. And that can be quite uncomfortable, especially if they're pressing against your ears. And uh, so far, hours on end, these seem to be okay. These seem to be okay. I can definitely, I definitely now know enough that were I to quote unquote upgrade from these, these cans, then I would know, I would know what to feel for. I would know what the experience would be like. So I could actually know, uh, based on my past history, based on my preference, rather than just looking at the specs of something and being like, these numbers are get are good. Like I'll, I'll get that one. So now I actually, if I, if I go to a physical store, I can actually try stuff on and be like, ah, oh, yes, no, I can. And I can know stuff. I can know stuff. I'm not going to be replacing these anytime ever, probably, probably for years. I think I've just been spending way too much money on this little hobby and it hasn't made a dime. I'm not talking about the show either. Um, that's, that's normal. It's normal. All new endeavors, like, uh, well, when, when you start from zero, you're pretty much near zero for a long time. And, uh, until I get my face on a webcam, I suppose I probably should be pursuing that sooner rather than later. Um, that's probably going to draw some interest at least. Uh, and I have, I have some experience with looking into a camera and all this kind of stuff. Um, I, I, Minion, I don't think you've ever actually looked at my YouTube channel. I've got a YouTube channel, by the way, with stuff. I saw it a few times. But I haven't done anything on it for a very long time. Even I don't look at it very often. But, like, occasionally I get a subscriber. I'm not sure, really sure what's going on with that. But I really should do something, like, once a week. Maybe, maybe have that as my... I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe just the day after a show or something like that is to kind of cool down and not think about it for a while. That is something that I do want to talk about though. So one of the, uh, one of the, the things about doing a show and then doing a follow-up editing is that it takes so much time and that time needs to kind of be scheduled, uh, scheduled a certain way. And what I want, what I've, what like Minion and I, what we've been what we had discussed way back when, and I'm looking at the old episodes, what we had been discussing was how do we arrange the scheduling, not just of the live experience, but of the actual release of the audio treated stuff. So all the stuff that's just had its, had its, uh, had the noise removed and just had the audio massage. So it's easier to listen to. Like when do we have those releases? And so I'm caught up with all the editing. So for example, um, show 27th that happened, well, cause we missed a day, but happened 
It happened to be last Wednesday, but normally it would be last Sunday, say for example. Uh, the it would be it would come out the day after a live show. So it would it would take a little bit. There would be a little bit of lag, but it would we're caught up. So I need to just kind of map out what the schedule, what the release schedule is going to be like. But but we're always going to have content rolling out. So I've got a kind of a schedule of when I'm kind of working now, essentially, like air quotes working, where I might be able to take the occasional day off, but I do have to get on top of stuff as well as being, not just being the voice, but being an editor behind the scenes. And speaking of behind the scenes, so I had talked about vaulting. So this is online data storage. Sometimes it's, it's, stored space extension. So it's cloud storage, but sometimes it's, it, I've been investigating synchronization and that's valuable. And Minion and I, Minion, did you actually set up an account already for the, the sync stuff? Did you get that kind of going? I had to. Okay. So, and you got the, the stuff that I sent, quote unquote sent. <laughs> so it's working okay. And so you've already been... I have the files. I haven't played around with them yet. Okay. So you just haven't turned them into videos and uploaded them. So there's some stuff yes. that's... Well, there's one of the things that's going out tomorrow, right? So you've got some time. But the general workflow is, now that I've got a service, I'll be able to perform some actions on, on my end. It's automatically uploaded to the cloud. And in some cases, I can put stuff in a different folder and it gets automatically downloaded to Minion's computer for him to work on at his leisure. And this means that we don't have to find some weird schedule to pass a hard drive around. And when I go back to my villa in Italy, I'll, we'll be able to just do this stuff and nothing will have changed. So I can move around. I can, as long as there's internet access between the two of us, um, we have remote working essentially. Right. And I went through no joke. I went through a half a dozen different services out there and I've, I've worked with sales and technical support and I read through documentation and I, I looked and I looked to see if they had the feature set that I wanted, man, some of these, I mean, they've got impressive websites and all that. Cause that's their their point of sale. That's how they get customers. So they've got decent websites, but some of them, they just don't explain what they actually offer. It's just, it's, it's awful. It's just awful. Um, so, and they're expensive. Like some of them are just horribly expensive, but I found one and I like it. Uh, I ended up sinking my money to other stuff, which I'll talk about in segment three, but it's removed my ability to pay for services because they want to get money uh, a year in advance. So they want to, they want to, they'll give you a discount for 12 months, but they don't, they don't actually let you buy monthly. <laughs> so I'll, I'll buy uh, a year in advance. And uh, with these guys that I haven't, again, I haven't really made the choice yet when I actually pay for a service is when I'll start talking about it. Um, maybe we'll, we'll have like a discord screen share or something like that. And I'll actually walk through and show what it's like, show how it works. We make it like this show has been sponsored by, <laughs> but it hasn't been sponsored by anybody. Um, so I, I'm still working on that. Still working on that. It seems to be quite a wonderful service. I experimented with it. So I have access to, to files on my phone if I wanted to, uh, they might have iPhone stuff that doesn't really matter because I work with stuff on my desktop, but this is, if I wanted personal stuff, then I've got access to certain things. 
on personal devices and, uh, and all this kind of stuff, all this kind of stuff. So I'll talk about that more in the future. Um, my, my life has been full of a whole lot of this podcast related stuff. So a lot of my notes have to do with that, but so to round out the weird, uh, static issues on this microphone, I, I, I experimented with magnets and, and the entire thing, just trying to figure out, well, do I need to get a new cable with like neodymium magnets that perform magic and all this kind of stuff. And no, I just found the old cable and that worked. So that was nice. Uh, I thought maybe if I put it through a USB hub that has power, cause some people were saying that that's an issue, uh, or different plugs on the back of my computer or whatever, but, but no, how odd, how odd is that? Um, what else? What else? Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know if anybody can tell maybe in the live experience, cause we've got some people that have been here before the, I moved my microphone and I did a whole lot of experimentation. I think last show with demonstrating that a shock mount does nothing, nothing at all. And, uh, because this is clamped to my desk, like if I tap on my desk, you're the microphone's going to pick it up, but it was doing that even when it had a shock mount and it's not a terrible shock mount. It's actually a very good shock mount, but it did nothing. It did nothing. So if I cared, what I would do is I've got, uh, I'll probably get a second stand and I'll just have a floor stand. Like, you know, a stage microphone stand. It would need to be like that in that kind of form factor. And it would have to have a boom arm so that the microphone can actually reach over my desk. So what I've got right now is a slightly different arrangement. It's right in the way. I really don't like it because I can't see my stuff. So it's literally right in my face. I've got the monitor arm is blocking is right across my second monitor, oh, which means I need to move the microphone on the other side of me or something or other. And anyway, it's a lot closer to me. So the audio is a lot better. Now, what that allows me to do is there's this, there's the a play with microphones. So there's several concerns that happen. One of them is the quality, I'm going to say the quality of the mic. So the quality of the mic, which is a whole bunch of different stuff. So it might be the, like the, the actual listening, uh, hardware in it, the capsules that are actually picking up the audio. There could be other equipment in it. There's an interface that would convert that analog signal into something digital. Maybe a pump pushes it out into USB. So that's what I've got. I've got a, a, a blue Yeti nano which, which I highly recommend. And once I get other equipment in, I'll start talking about why there are certain paths that people should take to save the money or to have reasonable quality or, or whatever. Um, cause I'm pretty pleased with the path I took with this microphone now. So it could be the cable. Uh, it's almost never the computer that's so, and between that, there could be a kind of a background hum of some sort. There are quality issues and that can get picked up by your software as it's recording. I think I lost my train of thought. Hmm. Okay. And so I was talking about microphone positioning and if you've got a microphone that's far away and what has to happen with the microphone is you got to turn it up. You got to turn up the gain. And in order to have it listen harder, it's going to not just listen harder so that the sphere or whatever, the, the shape of what it can listen to, it can deal with the distance from your mouth to it. 
And if so, if you move it away, it has to listen harder and harder and harder, or you have to just shout. And so if you move the microphone away, it has to listen that greater distance. That means it's also listening to that greater distance for everything else. So it's listening to that greater distance. It's listening with that intensity at itself. So if it's got some quality issues, some limitations, if you've got a cheap microphone, it's going to have a little bit of noise to it, just a little bit. And maybe you don't hear it, but if it's got to listen real hard and you've got to turn it up and you've got to edit the audio and you've got, you've got to amplify it, it's going to raise all of that. It's going to raise your voice so you can hear it, but it's also going to raise that background quality problem all the way up. And if your microphone's already listening harder, so to speak, it's also listening to the room, more and more of the room. And all of that background noise, the traffic, the whatever, you can do some editing to help massage all that out, but you can only ever do so much. And maybe wizards can really perform some magic on the audio track, but you, me, no, nah, nah. So the best thing to do is actually take the microphone bring it closer to closer to your voice. And then it doesn't have to, well, it's probably going to be the same volume, right? But you're not going to have to amplify it after the fact. You're not going to have to raise that noise floor up further. So it's not going to be as noticeable. Now there's noise reduction. There's noise removal, quote unquote techniques. And it's really, really amazing stuff. See, you just don't talk for a little bit. Let the background noise in your room in your neighborhood, in your microphone itself, like in the hardware, your microphone all get listened to and recorded in a blank track with no vocals. Then you can take that as a, and have your software understand that. And then, a, then take that and kind of remove it, mute it, that type of sound from the rest of your audio. And it's, it works really wonderfully. However, if that, if that stuff is really loud, it's still bleeding through in the middle of your sentences, which is just, it just sounds awful. So move it closer to your mouth. You don't need to, you don't need to amplify your track so much. You don't need to raise that background sound so much. You don't need to work so, so hard to get rid of all that audio. So there's a lot of other stuff that happens. Again, I'm not perfectly satisfied with the audio engineering that I'm applying to things, but I just had some I had some more moderate breakthroughs earlier today because uh, I was working with our original audio tracks, which is just, man. So we had a microphone set up in the middle of the table. It was omnidirectional. It's just pick, it picking up both of us, Minion and I on either side of a table, but it was also picking up the room and it was an untreated, awful, you know, it's like singing in a bathroom. It's, you get an, you get that sound. So we had that dining room sound or that kitchen sound. And it's just awful. So I had to learn how to clean that up. So I have some new skills there, but it, it's, it's not perfect. I'm not ready quite to talk about that stuff or just to copy paste the text file, my, my magic. And wow, there was a lot, a lot of stuff to learn. I still don't, it needs to be conveyed in the most simple way possible. And nobody else has done it properly that I was able to just randomly bump into. So Anyhow, that's, that's all exciting stuff, but I'm going to be replacing this microphone as of uh, probably middle of November. I'll probably have that done maybe early November. So I've got something else that's coming in that I would, maybe what I'll do is I'll have that be the thing that gets, gets put on camera because it is, it is pretty enough. And that will just be an event 
and that will be okay it's not exactly a face reveal i mean i've already my face has already been revealed so it's not really a big deal meaning i've got like a jester mask for halloween that you could put on <laughs> if you want to do that we can have we can have your mask reveal i'm good no still no so so yeah so the microphone positioning uh i have to get used to it cuz my other microphone's going to have to be positioned something like this i'm just not I, I don't know how other people, like, how does a streamer deal with having a microphone in front of their face? Like, at least the way I'm positioned, I can look at my keyboard, kind of, <laughs> but I, I'm missing a monitor, which is annoying. Uh, but the thing is, this other microphone that's coming in, it's bigger than a Yeti Nano. Like, the Nano is actually called a Nano because it's small. <laughs> it is very small. You put it on an arm, and you don't have, because it doesn't work, you don't put a don't put a, uh, a shock mount of some sort on it. And, and it's just like a little stick that pokes in front of your face. So it's nice. But this other thing, I'm going to use this shock mount because I'm, because the shock mount that it comes with is incredible. Now, I don't know if that's going to mean a thing, but when the manufacturer ships with it, um, and it happens to be a thing that costs like 120 bucks standalone, I'm going to use it. <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited at being poor because of this thing. It just means I'm not going to be eating out. I'm not going to be buying unnecessary stuff. I'm going to like be eating powdered food and the bacon that I have frozen right now. <laughs> and I'll just like deal with it. I'll chill. I'll be a monk again. Yeah. I miss doing that. Um, yeah, then I changed a lot of the way my accounting works and I gave myself probably too much money. So I need to go back to being my, my old, more frugal self. Cause I think I lived a, I think I live a better life when I'm, when I'm not excited about buying stuff constantly. Um, oh heck, I may as well talk about that. So I have talked about in the past, the life sucks, right? Uh, generally speaking, there is a kind of tone to all of life which is fairly universal to all people. And there's this weird thing where it's like, if, if you win the lottery, you, uh, you become an amplified version of yourself. So it doesn't solve all your problems. It can sometimes make a lot of your problems way worse. It's like, if I were to give a whole lot of money to somebody who's an addict, um, that might actually have them overdose because now they'll splurge on that. Right? So, so money is a kind of a, a weird thing. Um, and what a lot of people do is well, they'll take some portion of their income and they pit it against the, the challenges of life, not in solving the challenges, but in, uh, in, in funding coping mechanisms. So for example, uh, food is a, is something like a coping mechanism for the for the difficulties, right? So a lot of people will, because I've talked about this before, unfortunately, a lot of people that are poorer actually spend more on luxury goods as a way of, of coping with how difficult life is when you're poor. So they'll tend to eat out uh, junk food and stuff like that more. And sometimes there are, there are, there are actual legitimate reasons for doing that. There was a documentary. I don't know if it was just some segment in because like Canadian news shows actually have some interesting stuff in there if it's not like news news but if it's one of these 
like marketplace uh, that that talks about some of these things they can be rather interesting I, I think it was in one of those that was talking about some american equivalent it was talking about um how buying good quality food and cooking it from scratch wasn't realistic because uh because cooking from scratch took took more time and people had more than one job if you're lucky right these days if you're lucky but the 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 people being kind of followed interviewed talked about not having enough time and it was actually more expensive than going and buying breakfast at McDonald's for the family and it's just like well there are circumstances where okay yeah technically that's a luxury good but so the numbers are kind of skewed by saying people who are poor buy more luxury goods or buy more McDonald's or whatever the heck that's there's more, there's always more story whenever somebody pulls out a statistic every one of those individuals that's being boiled down into like distilled into some number that's put in a table there's always stuff behind there so so um it's it's so i was going to talk about uh, money money is a way of uh kind of appeasing the suffering that a, that a person has and there's another there's another version of that where it can be so if if a person is relative okay so uh, uh you got a roof over your head got food in your belly right so you're generally stress free aside from like needing to work extra hard or something like that so you can come home and like it's a friendly space okay like assume that cuz that's that's actually that's not a bad place to be believe it or not and that's a lot better than a lot of places on earth so that's kind of the circumstance a lot of people find themselves in okay so in that circumstance there's this trick for for uh not spending money but still using money as a way of alleviating suffering and it is it's in planning or it's in window shopping and it is uh when you have a budget and then you line it up a certain way so where you can actually predict spending money right so you you go through and you understand all your bills and you lay them out and you make sure that all those those things are satisfied so that there's no uh so that the person is not uh taking money and spending it in other little nooks and crannies and then dealing with bills kind of after the fact everything is is accounted for and then that income is reduced so that income becomes less than what it was okay so the income the income is smaller and what's left is spending money or it, uh, technically it should it it should technically go mostly into uh removing debt because that actually pays for itself after a while like if you if you pay less compound interest every month you're technically going to start making money on that quote unquote money on that because as soon as that debt as soon as you pay off and reduce that that interest payment uh that's additional money technically speaking that and as soon as that becomes zero all that money that you used to be paying into that debt into paying off that interest becomes freed up almost like it's an additional bit of income so paying off debts matters in the long run in terms of 
in a sense, improving how much access to spending money you get later. But, but it's possible to figure things out spreadsheet style and then have an amount left over and then take that amount and then budget it in a sense. And there's this, uh, there's this trick that I heard being talked about where the, uh, there you, you plan and then there would be like an end of the week reward f- with that kind of like an allowance. Like this is exactly why the concept of a kid having allowance came to be because it's how, uh, it's how personal economics can be instilled upon the young. And I don't see that as being something it's, well, at least from my experience, I've never known any friends of mine that have really done the allowance thing. It's, I want a thing, I go and negotiate with the people that have the money that might give me stuff, right? So it's birthday and Christmas for sure, right? But it's, it's, I want that, that's new, that's like some new movie comes up, comes out, comes out of nowhere, and it's got merchandise associated with it. So I want that toy and go and ask for it. As opposed to having allowance where the parent just goes, shrug, I'm not buying anything extra. If you want it, you can buy it for yourself. This is your allowance. I happen to have been holding on to it, but this is your numbers or it's a piggy bank. Cause that, I mean, that's a, that's a really young way of doing things. And maybe that's you you empty out the bank for candy money and stuff like that. But there's a, there's a, a, an older youth version of that with saving with an allowance and then spending that allowance intentionally there. So that can be moved up into an adult's life where that money will sit there waiting for these, it'll, it'll save for these things. And most people will take their spending money and then immediately kind of gratify themselves to remove that suffering. But in saving it and planning for what to do with it in the future, um, that planning will also alleviate suffering in some sense, right? Nothing gets rid of it other than like, <laughs> you, you think winning the lottery would, but that, that, and that probably would to some degree, it would certainly get rid of that class of problems at, well, that's a totally separate, that's, <laughs> that's a separate dream. Yeah. And, and some people, the, uh, the alleviation of suffering is in the hope that buying a, a lottery ticket will pay off one day. I would not, I would not bet on that. Ah, okay. So, hmm. Hmm. Okay. I'm just going to move on to something else. <laughs> so I kind of rambled on with that. Um, so I've probably turned my gain up too high in the microphone because I'm seeing myself like I normally talk at about minus 12 dB, which is interesting to see because I've got a, so in audacity and in most recording software, as you're speaking while it's recording, sometimes it doesn't have to record it. You just have to turn the microphone hot and then you've got a little bar that'll bounce around as you're talking. It's a great way of confirming if you're talking into the right mic, <laughs> just, just to double check, right? And, and it's a good idea for you to like fake record and then tap your microphone just to make sure that, oh yeah, that's the one. I, maybe that's what I should have done. 
I still blame Minion, but if I had tapped my microphone, I wouldn't have had that episode where I recorded through a, web, a webcam. But but I mean that was a that was a fortunate problem because I went because of that I started learning the audio engineering stuff. So that and that will that has paid off. That will be awesome. I will probably torture people every couple episodes because they'll make some dumb mistake. But I'm not going to remaster an entire show because I actually go through and I'll edit plosives and stuff like that. And, uh, it's not just one big pass of a macro of, of track wide modifications. There's more to it than that. So like, like occasionally I'll forget about, uh, no, okay. Well, it doesn't happen anymore, but I remember one time I forgot about doing a high pass filter. So I'm probably making headphone, like quality headphone wearers suffer for that show. Uh, I don't know. I like, I don't have good ears and, uh, I had an audio guy insist that the, the quote unquote golden ears isn't a thing. It's just people, uh, they want to feel special, but it's training slash experience where a person has listening skills and they know how to hear certain things. And there's even a bit of psychology to it where if you listen to your favorite song, you can listen to a certain instrument, let's say, and you can hear that and you, your brain just can't quite hear the rest of it all at the same time. And then you can listen to it again, but listen for other stuff. And then you can listen to it yeah, again. I've done that with music. Yeah. And it's, yeah, there's some songs where you just realize, wait, there's a hidden, some songs where you just listen to it a few times over and then all of a sudden you think, wait, was this already here since the beginning? Since when? Well, I guess a nice complicated song that has good replayability will have all those layers, right? Um, I... It cut out. Oh, did I? I'll say that again. Uh, I guess listening... You said I... Hmm? Now can I say it again? Go ahead. <laughs> I was saying, I guess if you're listening to your favorite song, a good song will have a lot of layers. So it has good replayability, so to speak, good listenability. And, uh, I mean, not everything is going to be acapella, right? Everything's going to have, uh, a whole bunch of different instruments and be fiddled with. And so there's a lot of stuff to listen to. And a person who is not just like there's more than just loving a song and listening to it more than once. There's understanding and having listening skills and knowing like it's, it's one thing to like a certain kind of instrument. And it's another thing to understand how that instrument works to be able to appreciate what's being done with it. Maybe knowing the terms of how it's being played a certain way. And that enhances the, the experience of listening to that song because you know a whole lot of technical stuff. It's the, it's the, uh, argument that, what was it? Man, I can't remember his name. I got a picture of his head. I got a picture of his face. He's a, it's a scientist. He's a scientist and an educator. And, uh, what he was saying is that it, there was an argument that went, well, doesn't it ruin your experience, your uh, appreciation of beauty when you, you seek deeply to understand, like when you're looking at a flower, but you understand how light works, doesn't it start spoiling things because you have all this additional knowledge? Wouldn't that get in the way of your experiencing the beauty of something 
simple that you can just look at plainly and appreciate from that plain perspective. And it was, uh, oh, his name almost popped into my head. Damn. Okay. Stupid brain. And he said, uh, no, quite the opposite, that it, it deeply enhances it. That understanding like the nature of light and color and looking at something that is colorful, having all that knowledge enhances. Maybe it's different for different people though, but for him, uh, he really, he liked understanding that stuff and then looking at things and having that with him. Maybe listening to music can be exactly the same thing for a lot of people where you gain certain skills, certain understanding of instruments or, or composition, or I mean, in my case, I hope it doesn't happen, <laughs> but, but if, if I understand, uh, the nuances of the audio engineering side of stuff, I can listen in music and it will just naturally click that I will, I will understand how a track has been massaged dig digitally. For example, I don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, there is something that did happen that I caught myself with because I've been, uh, trying to learn a room treatment and not, it's not, uh, uh, isolation. It's not soundproofing because that's kind that's unrealistic essentially, <laughs> but sound treatment. So it's the ability to turn something that sounds like a bathroom into something that sounds like something else, right? There's a closet sound and there's a kitchen sound and there's an outdoor sound and there's, and that has to do with the walls, the, the area around your microphone. And so I've been learning about that stuff and I, I was, I was, I happened to have a bunch of songs kind of on rotation that I've been listening to and they're, they're music videos. So YouTube videos. And, uh, I do watch the videos sometimes, even if it's kind of on, not on repeat necessarily, but even if it's, it's a song that I've heard before and that I've seen before, I will sometimes, you know, watch it again or watch most of it again, or it'll be on my kitchen counter or something like that. And I might be doing something and I might look at my phone. Right. And that happened recently. I was looking at this and it's an, it's an amateur singer and she was singing a song that I love. And it was just a cover of something else. Uh, it's a cover of a song that I don't like. <laughs> so it's like, I like hers. I just don't like the original. So she's better. And that's happened a few times where I've never heard of the original song or the band even. And I just, I hear a cover and I love it. <laughs> and I kind of don't want to, I like now, if that ever happens to me, I'm not actually going to go and try to listen to the original. I'm just going to fall in love with the cover and that's fine. That's I'm done. <laughs> I'm not done. I'm not going to risk it. I'm not going to risk like eroding my appreciation of that particular cover artist of that particular cover by going and listening to the, to the, to the, what they are covering. Anyhow, I was watching this one and because of my recent understanding of the sound treatment of room treatment, I was looking at this and she's amateur, but she must've like rented a space to make this video, like went to one of these, uh, well, I mean, they're kind of all over the place, but you, you, you pay to, uh, to rent X amount of time at some of these recording studios. Right. So she was in one of, she must've been in one. Cause I look and I actually recognize the technology behind her in the room. And I go through her other videos. I'm like, Oh, Oh, she went to a different place into a different place. And I like, look at the background and I understand 
<laughs> like, like, uh, and I, I, maybe I can't quite remember all the terminology and stuff like that, but I'm like, oh, I know what those, those rectangles on the wall are. And I know what that, ooh, that weird wooden thing with all the little towers. Oh, that, there's like, that's a skyline diffuser. <laughs> and I'll be like, and it, it actually does enhance my, my appreciation of things. So I, now I understand a little bit more. I understand that, that this woman, so in this particular case, this woman, I know that she rented a place just to, just to record that particular song that I'm listening to. And, and so I know a little bit more. And in another place, I'm like, that's probably her place that she did a little bit of tre- treatment with to sing that song from all those years ago when she was like little. And I'm like, oh, so it's, it's really cool. Like I can, I think I can understand why some people would just be overwhelmed by having all of that. Like it's, it's technically fluff knowledge. Technically in my particular case, I, I just, I love learning about all kinds of stuff. It doesn't necessarily stick in my head but I've got a little bit about a little bit about everything I've ever experienced somewhere in me and in me. And so I will look and listen and I will have this, this background of stuff that is, that is just back there enhancing everything that I experience in life. And it's just because it's because I'm never daunted at the idea of, uh, of having something new to explore. I have a problem with finishing things. <laughs> but maybe a lot of people do like minion. I know you do <laughs> serious problems, like getting to a hundred percent, like getting to a finish line. I don't, <laughs> I just don't. Um, but my excuse is I've got so much other stuff to learn. Uh, so I'm just, I never, ever stop ever. And, uh, and it, as I'm going further in life, um, I just develop more and more of that and they start overlapping and enhancing one another. And, and I'm only now really thinking about turning a lot of that from now off in the, like off in the background. So there's a bunch of stuff that I've had a interest in over the decades. And only now have I really thought about pulling that knowledge and refining it and turning it into something that can be like shared more specifically, like the knowledge I'm gaining for this particular show, um, could lead to like a career quality stuff, right? So theoretically speaking, but the problem is of course, I'm being weighed down by minion, right? Minion. <laughs> cause I'm, cause I'm, I... <laughs> cause I'm listening to old shows where we're like spitballing and talking about stuff and taking notes and it's like, it, I'm dead weight. Yeah. It's months ago. And I'm sure you've forgotten about it. Like, did you make that D live account? What about restream restream.io? You can connect OBS to that. And we could be streaming on YouTube at the same time, like all this stuff. And you just have to like snap your fingers and go, okay, we're going to do the webcam thing. I've, I've figured this stuff out already. Okay. Let's do that. Let's webcam thing was easy. All to do is like section. To capture your face and throw it on there, it's doable. Restreaming, it's a service which, due to me not having any income that I can freely use, I don't want to do it right now. It's free. Restream.io. Oh, one of the services I looked, they charged. I don't doubt that. 
Oh, leg cramp. One sec. Oh, this has been happening a lot lately. Oh, that's painful. Ah, oh, I'm dying. Ah, oh. they're cutting out. Well, good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Ow. I, uh, yeah, sorry. Let me, <laughs> it's not a muscle thing. It's, uh, it's a tendon thing. Or is that a crap? I can't remember what the name of that body part is. And it's happened a few times just on my left leg. Maybe I just need to do some stretches. Um, I've got a physiotherapist that's trying to help me learn how to do squats because I kind of can't. And, uh, so this is kind of related. So I, I know some stretches because he taught me some, some weird ones and, uh, I just need to do them. Maybe that would also help with this. It's not like I don't sit for hours on end. This is not an unusual position for me to be in. Uh, and I'm not slouching or anything. It's just, I don't know, just odd. Ow. Ow, ow, ow. Okay. So I'm, I'm seeing four minutes left. I'm going to just really quickly ramble off about uh, some of the random pills that I've been taking. <laughs> random pills. Because I've talked about uh, having headaches in the morning and dehydration. And the electrolyte, while well, I happen to have been suckered into purchasing pills, uh, I, I got a good deal with them, but it's still paying way more than I really ought to have because I didn't understand that I could make it all myself. Well, I could make what I wanted to solve my problem myself. The pills have additional magic in them, but I don't need the additional magic. I just need the, I just need the sodium and, uh, potassium. That's all I need. And, uh, other stuff, maybe I need more mag magnesium or something like that at any rate, but that's for people that work out. Anyhow, taking these, uh, pills, I haven't been doing it every single night, but I have several times uh, had some water because you have to, I have to drink some water when I'm taking a pill. So that's an incentive as well. And taking one of these before bed or pretty soon before bed. And, uh, I have not experienced that headache. doesn't matter how much caffeine I have. doesn't matter how late, um, I'm up. Uh, I'm, t I'm tend to not get to, you know, when you get old, you have to get up to pee and all this kind of stuff. So I tend to not be doing that so much anymore. Right. So that's our other interesting. So I, I think the electrolyte thing, I think the electrolyte thing is something I will highly recommend. Uh, it's probably something I will begin to make a practice as soon as I run out of these, which is like a few months, right? As soon as I run out of these next year, <laughs> quarter one next year, uh, then I'll look into making it myself, quote unquote, making it myself. And I will probably pursue that practice for the rest of my life. And, uh, un un until I'm senile, in which case I won't care was one of the things that actually quote unquote, natural causes death by natural causes is, uh, uh, is usually dehydration, just passing your sleep and electrolytes is one of those things. that's actually kind of important for staying hydrated and staying healthy in that respect. So this may actually be a life extension habit and it's not expensive. It's just table salt, or if you want low salt and uh, cream of tartar, which is also very cheap. I think I need to look into that more deeply. You buy, buy the, buy the, buy it by the pound and just, uh, 
teaspoon or something like that every day. So it lasts a long time. The other thing I want to talk about really quickly is the uh, white kidney bean extract. It is uh, meant as a carb blocker. It does work. Okay. It does work. I, I can say that from practical experience now. Uh, what it does is it does not change the carbohydrates that you're taking. What it does change is you take it a little bit before you eat, before you eat carbs. Um, and what it does is it changes the, uh, it changes you. It changes the stuff in you that extracts, uh, content from carbohydrates that, that actually lets your body break it down and then deal with it, consume it. It doesn't do that anymore or it interferes with that. So it's not as effective. Now, the problem is now you have undigested carbohydrates, which, which exists any, a little bit, but now it exists in much greater quantity. And although your body can't absorb it, the carbs pass through you from the small intestines above down into the large below and the bacteria that already exists in the large intestines below will consume that the carbohydrates, at least some of it or whatever. And the result is bloating is gas and potentially things like diarrhea. So I would not recommend this to anyone under any circumstance. Just go on a diet, please. This is not a magic pill. Um, I will occasionally take these, but the bloating experience was rather, was rather negative. I didn't experience anything else, thankfully, just gas and bloating. But really, if you want to try to lose weight, taking this stuff and then having yourself balloon, that's like, that's a seriously demoralizing experience. <laughs> so we're going on break. Or we're going to be back in another 10 minutes. See you soon. And we are back. Um, apparently I had a whole lot of lag that was happening during that segment. I, uh, I control R that particular tap and, uh, <laughs> apparently I was talking over. So I'm not sure what's going on with that because I'm not doing, at least on my end, it isn't my fault. I do have some like network optimization junk that maybe I should not have. I do not know. It was, I can't remember who supplied it to me. I think it was my motherboard manufacturer. I'm like, oh, let's install that and see what happens. I don't, I can't tell if it's improved anything but I'm certainly not lagging at any video games, which are quite sensitive to this sort of thing. Oh, and before I forget, okay. So this is one of those things that I don't have a source for. So I'll state that right out. And so I can be wrong and it's going to be extremely difficult to find proper research on this. This is research, research level stuff. This is not, you don't go and find some YouTube doctor or something like this. So you might actually have to go through, through scholar methods. But I had heard that there is a direct link, however weak, because it wasn't, wasn't a hundred percent, that there's a relationship between, uh, carb carbohydrate consuming bacteria in the low intestines and colon cancer. Okay. So again, colon cancer, which is one of the bad, which is one of the bad ones. I mean, I lost a friend of mine to that and, and carbs. So that would be carbs that would have to make it down there that would be consumed by, by the stuff in you, your biome that would, that something I, again, I don't know enough and I don't know if this is true and I haven't looked at the research and my research skills is something I wanted to get, but I don't have research skills enough to go and look up papers. So that might mean that this wonderful carb blocker nonsense 
could contribute to a higher, however small, but a higher chance of specifically colon cancer. Okay, so, so and that's something that nobody's talking about. That's just a link that I happen to know that I happen to suspect, assuming any of that knowledge is correct, which might not be. So I'm going to uh, do the rest of the segment mostly on administrivia, unless Minion derails me somehow. It could happen. Um, and so if you're not into this sort of stuff, thank you for listening. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to start with talking about the room arrangement. So I have been learning about acoustics and treatment and isolation. And I even went and I learned a little bit about the construction level stuff. Cause some people do that, like maybe they move or they decide that they want to have a home theater and they decide that as part of the home theater experience, they want to light money on fire and they, and they want to like pray to the gods of, of money, like that the smoke they send up will make the experience better. But there are some people that legitimately understand how acoustics work and how the theater experience works in order to manufacture a space that can actually dampen sound properly because there's a lot of there are a lot of assumptions that everyday people have about the nature of sound and about how a space can be treated that uh, and this knowledge is wrong because it it draws upon the intuition that we have because we have hearing so we have certain assumptions about the way sound works because our life experience has a lot of that but it's wrong putting a blanket over your door is not going to do a thing for sound isolation <laughs> not a thing and and putting uh putting like uh extra foam against your walls isn't going to do anything for sound isolation and isolation is different than treatment now i'm talking about soundproofing quote unquote soundproofing which is just the management of audio, hopefully uh, preventing as much as possible from uh, getting in the theater experience and from getting out the musician experience. So if you've got access to a basement and you've got a drum kit and it's, it's a normal drum kit, not an electronic drum kit that you can plug in headphones with and you want to practice and you've got any money to burn, then I have learned about the construction level techniques about building multiple walls and floating walls and the insulation and the, and, and on and on and on. And so that's, that's fascinating. And that's outside of my skill set and my budget and the, the permission to transform a room into a studio kind of thing. Cause you have to actually designate space to do this sort of stuff. You can't just take some old house and got some room somewhere and do this kind of stuff because weird things happen. <laughs> so, and there's other people that will use a space or the house or the, and on and on. But I learned more about the treatment side of stuff because people that do uh, voiceover work. So that's the stuff that I've been reaching into to understand because I've, I write my little, my little pieces and I've narrated them in the past. And I liked what I was doing with my old normal blue yeti my first generation and i've done a tiny bit with this one and i want to get back to that i want to get back to to doing i don't do voice acting because i don't like doing funny voices 
and uh, I, I, but I do like speaking and, and this kind of stuff. So I, I looked at a lot of videos explaining what to do with that immediate environment, making these, these vocal booths, doing things with the room, all this kind of stuff. So I've actually learned more in depth than the stuff that's being presented to me. So I can say that now. So actually listening to experts, actual, like for real, these experts, like decades of experience experts in actually doing stuff in the real world, not internet experts and going through enough internet experts to actually, uh, understand the, the overlap, the, uh, between all of their suggestions to understand what is true about what sorts of things and specifically what kinds of stuff I can do to help as much as possible with what I have without it becoming a construction project. For example, for example, I have coming in, uh, I don't know, November sometime, uh, additional weather stripping type stuff. And in order to make a door slightly more isolated, that region, you have to make it airtight and you're not going to really do that, but to do it as well as possible, it's going to be a really snug fit into the frame. And you do that with weather stripping, even on an indoor door, right? Even if it's like you, people think of weather stripping as weather, but it's also audio because it prevents airflow. And you also have to have a skirt underneath the door, not one of these little things that you tack onto the bottom edge, um, like a little strip, but you actually have a little bump uh, on the, like across the sill, the mantle from out from the hallway to the room and the door bumps up against that and squishes up against it. And then you have to get these little wedges for the, the corners of the door, just in case there's a tiniest little gap. And if everything is perfect then you're okay. Like you're not as bad, but if you make a little hole, little hole anywhere, one mistake somewhere, not good enough. <laughs> so you've got one big door, a big hole through your door, which is probably your doorknob, which is also a problem. And the other is not very many people has, have, uh, doors inside the house that are solid. So there's like, and the frame of the door, if you pull the frame off, if you pull like the, there's like the beautification stripping that's around the edges of the door. If you pull that off, there may well be a gap between the drywall and the actual frame. So you like pull that off and spray foam it and put that back on and all this stuff. And that's actually not too much of a, like I wouldn't do the spray foam thing. Probably not until I get some more tools and some skill. But there's that other, the weather stripping stuff, it's accessible to everyday people. It's less than 20 bucks. It's probably less than $15. Uh, for me, it, it was around that Canadian dollars, you know, free shipping and all that with buying some other stuff off of Amazon. And that's probably going to help a tiny bit, a tiny bit. I've also been thinking of doing something because I've got a laundry room. So the room that I'm in, there's actually a laundry room on the other side of one of these walls. And so I'm thinking about what I can do to help with that. And so the first thing I did, just ask people to not do laundry. <laughs> hey, that's working. 100% success. Great. Now, the thing is, if I want to do stuff outside the show, because I'm asking, it's already kind of a big ask to have like four hours 
three and a half hours of having people not use the laundry. Okay, so that's that. And I don't want to extend that anymore for my random stuff. And so what can I do? Well, I, 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 w- I would need to fill up the holes, which means electrical outlets. I'd have to put like an acoustic, um, there's like a molded acoustic stuff that you put on the, you, you pull out the electrical and you put this around a box and you put it back in and you, <laughs> all this kind of stuff is possible. But what I'm going to do is because the washing machine's got the biggest problem. It's got something called water hammer. Now I'll describe it. What? So you've got a lot of taps in your house and more than one can be running at the same time. And so say, for example, if you got, if you have two bathrooms in your house and you have uh, a shower or two bathtubs or something like this, you, you can run them both at the same time. And it's not a big deal. Uh, some situations you're going to run out of hot water after a while. But water pressure wise, you're doing okay. You can probably do that and flush a toilet. And so it depends on your house and such. But, and that's because you have coming into your house enough water pressure to actually feed all of those different taps all at the same time. You probably have well more than enough. A lot of houses may have so much that they need to have special uh, hardware between the house and the city in order to step that down, in order to muffle that, in order to dampen that so that they're not like bursting all their pipes with all of that pressure that the city is providing. Cause the city has to provide your house, your neighbor's house and so forth. So there's a lot of pressure coming there. Okay. So the problem is if you've got a lot of pressure and you go into your house and let's say you're in your kitchen and you've, you've, you've got one of these, like, like you've in your, in bathrooms, a lot of people or in bathtubs and stuff, they'll have two knobs. They'll have a hot and a cold and you can turn them independently. But I want to think of one of those levers that you lift it up and it just water on and you turn it left or right to get more hot or more cold. Because that kind, you can kind of like suddenly jerk it open. So you do that, you jerk it open and then you slam it shut. And you get all this water pressure that it's all, all the way on, all the way off really quick. Now do that and then listen to your house and you'll hear banging on the pipes and that banging on the pipes will be more pronounced in certain circumstances. Now, if you've got high water pressure, uh, you will, those are going to be circumstances that are way more pronounced. If you've got low water pressure, probably not going to hear it much. Now, the reason that happens is because you've got in pipes, you've got two kinds of things that can go through your intake. You've got uh, water and air. You're not getting air from the city. You're just getting water. So you turn your tap on whatever air might've been there, uh, is long gone. It's been pushed out of your tap a long time ago. So you've got, just got 100% water through all your pipes. So you turn it on, you get this rush of water. You close your tap real quick. You have all this water pressure that, that wants to push against the water in your pipes. And it tries, it tries really hard. And there's this moment when all that pressure kind of stops against your hardware or all of your pipes inside your house. And not just at the point of where your sink is, but all throughout your house. So all of the pipes in your house can just suddenly bang and bang against your wall and against their brackets and stuff like that. 
it can cause some problems too. So it can actually do damage to your pipes or whatever the heck. And remember, these are all buried in your walls. It's easy enough to open up your walls. Believe it, it's actually quite easy to knock a random hole in drywall. Patching it up is remarkably easy. Painting it, not so much, but, but you don't want that to happen in the first place. So there's a device called a water hammer arrester. It's for stopping water hammer. And what it is, is real simple technology. So somewhere is kind of like a T-joint. So you've got a straight pipe and it's kind of split and there's a little T. And then the top, in the, in the T, there's, it's just capped. It's just a bulb with water in it. Okay. So with, sorry, with air in it. And so this is in this entire line, it's just this floating bubble of air in this T, that it, it, upside down T. So it's pointing up and all the water will rush through underneath. It, it's no problem at all because that, all that, all that air is just going to like bob up there doing nothing. It's not going to be sucked through because the water is, is, uh, one beam that's really going through there. And this air bubble is not, not special at all. And there's like a little flap and a little spring and stuff like that to, to prevent this kind of stuff. And it's a really, really, um, hard wearing long-term thing that you probably don't even know about. It's not going to break or anything like that. It's a great little piece of technology. What happens is when you, when you open up your pipes, you get full water pressure, just like before. And when you close your pipes, that rush of water wants to bang up against everything. But what happens is it, it, it bangs. And then it, uh, in the, in that upside down T it pushes that water up. Cause this is a new void and that the water can't compress against water. It's just banging up against itself, but that air can compress. So the water comes up. So some of that pressure that happens, that bang pulls up into that little void of air it actually alleviates a significant amount of pressure off of that. This is why a well-made house, um, you're not going to, maybe you've never even heard of this problem because that works that effectively. This place has water hammer. This place has water hammer because the washing machine is one of these nice new water saving models. And what it does is it spins and it measures things, I guess, by weight. And then it adds a little bit of water turns it a little bit, adds a little bit of water, turns, adds a little bit of water. Every single time opens the pipes full blast, closes them right away, bangs the pipes. And that's on the other side of this wall. And if you can imagine having a microphone in this room and having that happen, I just have to stop everything <laughs> and it's just banging. And it's so bad. You can hear it throughout the house. Now the water hammer exists to some degree elsewhere in the house. So I think it's a, I think it's a problem with our water hammer arrester. Now it doesn't mean it's broken. Usually what happens is something happened and the air bubble was pushed out. So it's just full of water now, or mostly full of water. Okay. Enough that it's no longer so effective that that cushion of air is not big enough to deal with the, the power of that hammer. Okay. So, so. What needs to happen to quote unquote repair that you don't need to replace that thing. Okay. What you do is you go outside your house or wherever the heck you turn the main water supply off, turn your city mains off. And, uh, I don't, maybe you need permission from your city, 
Maybe not, right? Uh, check, find out. <laughs> just, you know, just like call before you dig, <laughs> call before you do stuff like this. But it's pretty straightforward to turn it off. You can turn it off yourself. And I don't know how, can't advise, because I don't know what mine looks like yet. I'll have to go find out. You turn that off. So now the water is still in your house. You're not getting any new water, but your pipes are all full of water. So you go up to the top most part of your house, turn the tap on. All the, there's pressure in your pipes still kind of left over and it'll sputter at the top spout. And then you, then you go progressively down your house and you open up the taps. So up at the top until it stops doing anything, then go down to the bottom part of your house, open it up. Uh, maybe it's in your laundry room. Maybe you've got a bathroom down there. You turn the bathtub tap on that's because it's further down and wait until it's completely dry, so to speak. And then you go back up your house, right? And then you, you close the, I think, how does it work? Then you close the bottom and then you turn the, the main water supply on. Then you go up to the top of your house until the, cause it'll, it'll, it, it, you've drained all the water in your, in your house doing all that stuff. And what that's done is that's also drained the water out of your water arrester. It's replaced it with air enough. Like you just need to get rid of the water that's underneath it. Okay. And it's probably somewhere on the bottom floor uh, and, and you just turn and you turn the water on and then you turn your tap, you close your taps as soon as the air is out. And remember that air is going to just be bubbling up on top of that water supply. So your water hammer arrester is basically repaired. It's refreshed. It's got new air in it. So that's something I want to pursue for my place, but, but there's also another little device that you can put on. You can either attach to the back of your washing machine, or you can get, in my case, I found hoses that have it built in. I'm, I think I'm going to go for those. And you can actually plug that into the water hose that goes into the back of your washing machine. And they just look like that. They're little T things, a little bell on top and, and away you go. And, uh, my concern is they do wear out and I don't know if it's a thing that they can actually pop off or something weird like that. Cause the last thing you want is like an open tap and a T line in it with your, with your arrester where, where the arrester actually bursts off and then just leaks all over your floor. I don't know if that's a thing. So I need to research that before I do some modification, then go away for like a long weekend, like go on vacation for a bit, come back to a flooded, like everything. <laughs> That would really stink. That would be awful. So I, I always, always learn, think, read those Amazon reviews. Trust me, you, you'll get a lot of stuff, a lot of terrible stuff, but you get a lot of little, just little things, little tips, stuff like this. Now, now one guy was saying, uh, I'm not going to spend this kind of money. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to like cut my, my pipes apart and I'm actually going to put in my own T line with a cap on it. And, and that's, that'll be great. I'm like, well, maybe that's cool. And maybe that would be a great way of saving money. I don't have the, the parts or the tools, right? It's not as easy as all that. Whereas unscrewing, unthreading a couple of like a hose and then attaching the thing. And that's, that requires, uh, pliers. <laughs> That's it. That's good enough for me. Good enough for me. So, so yeah, the, the, when researching noise, I come across all these interesting new things. And in just 
badly hammering out stuff through a keyboard and asking the Oracle of Google using bad language, you're going to be using the same kind of language as the next ignorant person over. And somewhere in the middle, someone on the internet has taken those phrases that you're using and has given answers. So you can actually just inarticulately, inarticulately describe something that's on your mind, <laughs> like noisy washing machine, <laughs> banging pipes. And just, and I, I did that for a little while and I kind of gave up and then came back and went, ah, and it, and then until I got results and you just look at them and then think about these different solutions and somebody somewhere is, wants to make money off of you. So, so there are quote unquote solutions and there's fad stuff and there's, there are lies and stuff like this. So kind of be aware, you know, in a free market, like people will buy all kinds of people will buy blankets that you can put over your door to quote unquote sound proof. <laughs> like, no, kind of, no, not really. No. Um, and, uh, I'm, I may as well bring that up. So the last, the last time I was looking into sound treatment. So the problem is if you've got a microphone and you want to talk, you want a quiet space, but you don't just want a quiet space where you want a quiet space that sounds listenable. So it isn't just that you want to not have noise, not have background noise, traffic, the hum from the microphone or the fans in your computer. You, you want to reduce all of that, but you also need to make it sound listenable. You need to make it. Now, perhaps you imagine your listener with headphones on that has, have, they've, that person's got really, got reasonable training, right? In the sense that that person's listened to other audiobooks. And they will hear not just your voice, but your equipment and the room you're in, in some sense. And you would want that person sitting, listening, almost to be in the same room as you. And if it's a, if it sounds like a bathroom, a person's not going to want to, you know, sit on the counter in your bathroom and listen to you read. That's not a pleasant experience. You want it to be well, perhaps you want it to be like a bedroom sound. You want it to be warm or you want it to be, or something. You want it to be close to the person, not like it's in a hallway, not like it's in a giant ballroom, nothing like that. And so there's, there's a concept of sound treatment and for voiceover people, for narrators, for voice actors, this kind of stuff, assuming the rest of stuff is managed. So the equipment doesn't have hums. So there's not fans, air conditioning, heating, traffic, dogs, this kind of stuff, if all that's managed, then they have to think about the room. And what some of these people do is they don't think about the room in terms of you've got your walls, your four or more walls, and you, you can, you can do stuff to put stuff on that plain drywall. You can put pads up, you can put foam up, you can put these specialized little, uh, insulation wrapped in cloth and you can do all kinds of stuff. But what some of these people do is they're like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a towel over my head. I'm going to put a sheet over my head like, and lean right into the microphone, like, cause you, you need to be right up close anyway. And that way, all the weird sounds that my voice make, they won't reach out into the rest of the room and make it sound like 
like unfurnished, for example. And that, and that, well, does that work? <laughs> Is that comfortable? It's kind of hard to see, right? And some people say, well, okay, well, let's, let's walk it back out. I want a freestanding structure that I can make. And like, well, I can make one out of PVC. And so there's some instructions on how to make a, an audio booth, a vocal booth out of PVC. And then you put blankets over it, but you don't just get any old blanket because what happens with blankets is some of the sound will leak out and will do funny things. They're like, well, you need blankets that have some oomph to them, that have some weight so that because sound travels, sound travels through objects, obviously, because you can hear your traffic outside, even if your window's closed, or even if you're like in your bathroom in the middle of your house, you can, maybe you can hear a dog bark in your neighbor's house, right? So sound will travel through stuff. Sound will travel through blankets. And so they, they get these moving blankets, which are heavy because they're extra padded right? For furniture. So you can put a piece of furniture down and you won't wreck it through some thin blanket, right? It, it gives a little bit more to it, but there's also acoustic blankets, which are even thicker. Although remember if it's, if there's a product to be sold and there are suckers, then that product will be overpriced and pitched to, to those people. So that's a thing. Does that matter? What else can you do? Okay. Well, so I'm, I've been looking into that. I've been looking to designing my own stuff and oh man, do I not have the brain for that? I, I went looking for software that would actually just help me like measure and line up uh, PVC piping and all the different curves and, and, and not even just getting the measurements right. Cause I do want to do that obviously but just figuring out the layout, I couldn't find software that would help me. I'm like, do I want to start modeling in Blender? Do I want to start? And I found a piece of software that's a little bit easier and it's just, it's not easy enough. Like it's not, it's not hard. I'm like, wait, wait a second. I have popsicle sticks. <laughs> I'm just going to get some popsicle sticks, line them up, try to figure this out. Uh, imagine that they were pieces that had to fit together. I ended up giving up because I was trying to accomplish something that was, uh, now I know why nobody else has invented the thing that I was trying to chase after. I could probably still figure this out, but man, is it, it's just hard for me to wrap my brain around. I was thinking, I was honestly thinking about like busting out Minecraft, getting it installed again, going into creative mode and just like laying blocks down until I could figure out how this stuff would look. Cause I can't draw, <laughs> I can't draw. Um, and I've got the, that was a project of mine. I've got all kinds of like sketching stuff and, uh, I just don't have a brain for it. I don't have a brain for either the artistic side and I don't have a brain for the, uh, the technical side, like the architecture side that would be more appropriate for designing PVC piping that fits together. So so what do I have? What I have, what some people do is they're like, well, if you put your microphone in your closet <laughs> with all your clothes back there and you talk into it, you've got all that stuff behind that kind of like shatters the sound. So it doesn't quite get back into the microphone. It's like, well, unless you go in and you close the door, it's not going to matter because your sound, the, your voice goes everywhere. It reflects off of not just behind the microphone, but behind you. And then it comes back with a delay like that echo in a room, 
you're going to get that echo from the sides and you're going to get the echo from behind you. Oh, well, so that's not a very good solution if you want a nice quality sound. I mean, maybe it's good enough for some stuff. Maybe that's what I would do for just narrating my little nonsense bits. Plus, I've got this wonderful cleanup process that I'm still getting right. And maybe the combination would make things pretty good. Like, pretty good. Not professional, but pretty good. Okay, acceptable. But what I decided to do is I've got, like, a boom arm that I put a quilt over. Well, uh, what, what the heck are these things called? Well, that's essentially a quilt. And I, I broke out one of these... Uh, they're on wheels. You can get like clothes hangers, but they're freestanding on wheels. You can, and they're really inexpensive. And I just got one and I hang a whole bunch of shirts and pants on it. And so you can actually like take your closet and pull it up. So, and I don't know if that's improving the audio at all. And I can't tell. I need to run some tests and I'll find out this kind of stuff. And maybe what I'll do is just crowd myself and make this little box. And the other concern is, of course, you've got a microphone that's in front of monitors, which are nice flat surfaces that will definitely reflect things. But honestly, I don't care because the back of this microphone, like if, if I were to move, like I already know, even if I do audio treatment, which kind of pulls the levels up, which makes the volume quite similar. I know that if I move off axis, it's going to be a lot harder to hear me over here. And I can even move back here to the side. And so I'm a lot quieter here and I'm just talking with the normal voice here. If I move around the other side, I'm going to get quiet again. Probably I can't look at my monitor at the same time. And that's just the side, the back, the back is even quieter. So I'm not concerned about my voice passing through the microphone, you know, around the microphone, hitting my monitor, coming to the, to the back end of my microphone. I don't care because it's not getting into the microphone. Not, not really, not enough. And I don't really care about my voice bouncing off my monitor, going all the way behind me and then reflecting all the way back into my microphone because it's going it, to, there's some distance, which matters, but it's also going to have to reflect off of the stuff behind me, which first off I'm in the way. And, you know, maybe I need to wear a certain kind of sweater <laughs> that would help break things up. Um, but also the stuff behind me is like, you know, the hanging clothes or the quilt or whatever. And that's going to mess with the sound. So maybe, right? So some, sometimes people want to sell you a thing and, and it'll be outside of budget and you have to look for something else. And then those people are trying to sell you a thing, but maybe you don't need to do it. Maybe there's a do it yourself, a DIY thing that can be done. And that, that applies to all kinds of stuff. And maybe you have all the objects you need and as soon as you understand the principles of your problem well enough, you can just be creative, like tinker around, like be, be curious, George, and just play around with all the toys you already have, all those tools. Like if sound reflects weird off of weird surfaces, go and find some weird surfaces. But you're going to have to learn things like uh, the bookshelf myth or or the, like the closet myth or the blanket myth and understand, do these help at all? How do you run tests? Uh, do you have to do it the quote unquote right way? What, what other things can you do? So, I mean, I have some plans that I will explore later, probably in a couple months. No, I'll, I'll try before the end of the year. I've got some, some interesting stuff lined up. 
and but I've got to be on camera and I've got to have my new audio gear and I've got to do some other testing. And with the combination of all those things and this new little project I've got going, I think it will be awesome. I think it'll be awesome. So we got uh, about 15 minutes left. I want to get into um, editing the old show stuff. So I know I forgot, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Minion, you forgot that. So we, we had essentially show after show after show trying, like deciding on time on, uh, not just time of day, but length, trying to talk about like audience a little bit and maybe subject a little bit. And so there's, there's day after day that I decided to just record because it was, I knew it would be interesting because I'm an archivist, right? So I wanted to document the, the arc of going from nowhere with nothing and not knowing what's going on all the way through to, I don't know, I can't know what this will become, but what I can know is with iterative compound improvements, it will become better. Okay. And I know that I can do that because I've done that with other stuff, with lots of other stuff. What I don't know is whether or not Minion can actually become, uh, what would the term be? Like, like independent, <laughs> like, uh, like independently exploring, researching, learning rather than being essentially an employee. Because I like Minion, I don't think you'll ever be a small business owner. I don't think you're the type. Uh, especially with some totally unknown field. You just have an idea and go from idea into something. Um, I am the type. I've kind of done it. I'm, I don't like it. But iterative improvement, like compound improvement, is something that I've stressed again and again. And maybe I just have to keep hammering on it every couple of months. Let's talk about 80-20 time, right? 80% is doing same old. 80% is leaning on your own expertise with the tools you have, making do, not uh, expending, not, not having a budget, not doing anything. It's the grind. And most people live in that place because life sucks, because you have certain obligations, and there's only so many things that you can do to meet those obligations. So a lot of people, they work, they play, they sleep, right? And, and it just cycles like that. Now, the idea of, of 80%, 20% is to do what is possible to, even if it requires having less, uh, taking on the pressure of not pursuing those niceties, of not having the luxuries, of suffering through the hardships without having any means to alleviate those stresses. So taking on that challenge and then taking that time or that money or that whatever, that brain space and filling it with something that can, you can turn around to attack that 80% with that the rest of life. So you, you go from your hundred percent to chip away with 99%. Now you've got that 1%. You try to pit it against the 99. Hey, it's going to be hard. Fine. But that will 
eventually chip away until you earn 2%. And that 100% that you had been tackling, that is 100% stress, now becomes a little bit easier because you were able to that until you can actually legitimately free up some time. It will have paid for itself. Your life becomes slightly less terrible and you have a little bit more optimization time. And somewhere in there is if you pursue it and you keep, keep uh, paying off that hardship in life, you, some of that turns into free time, play time, so to speak. And if that's done with like a project that you have in mind, some like, let's say, for example, you don't work weekends and you can actually take that off. You can put it towards some new project instead of trying to relax. And then you, you pursue 80, 20 with that, which is you have two out of every 10 hours you have to put towards optimizing the practice of whatever you're trying to do. So you might want to learn to draw like me, for example. It, and you sit there and you just practice, practice, practice. But at some point you stop practicing. It's not intuitive, but you spend your time like learning about technique or uh, trying to get the right tools or watching and getting inspired by other artists. And this is not you practicing your art, right? This is you doing other stuff, but in doing the other stuff, it can then be applied to your practice, your personal practice. And it will improve it. Maybe by, uh, you, you spend a little bit of that 20%. Hey, you learn that artists have electric erasers and you learn why and what kinds, what kinds of erasers, what circumstances. And you're like, and that, that you, as part of your 20% time, you learn that you're like, oh, now you can apply it to your regular practice, your 80%. And suddenly it makes your life so much easier or you learn about certain kinds of paper, or you learn about certain grades of pencil, for example. Hey, this pencil people like with this paper because it's real easy to, to erase. And like suddenly, oh, I don't have all these smudges anymore. Oh, I don't have to start over again. Oh, I can make all these little adjustments. And it makes everything easier and nicer. And you get rewarded for the effort. Okay, so that applies to basically everything. And I have to reinforce that. <laughs> Like one day I'm going to make you minion to actually go back and listen to our actual shows. Maybe I'll have like a quiz, <laughs> like, Hey minion, talk about what you learned about last episode. And I'll just do that once a month. We'll have like a solid hour of me, like having you talk about, hopefully excitedly about something you learned in a past show. Be like, like, <laughs> like I said, I've said in the past. So I listened to the shows as eating my own dog food, as, as suffering through the inadequacies and learning from those mistakes. I do that, but I can drop little to-do items in these and my future self will listen to them go, okay, well, oh, I forgot about that. Oh yeah. Let me, let me play with that. And so I can actually leave like little inspirational messages and stuff like that to my future self. And not that it's like coded messages or anything like that. So it happens to be interesting for everyone, not just for me. It's not selfish. It happens to be interesting content for everybody. And I can fold that knowledge back in on improving the show. Like maybe I'll go and set up a restream account and I'll show you how, how I do it with OBS. And then just like suddenly we're on, we're streaming live on three different platforms at the same time. 
And if I get that, and if I get a webcam going, then suddenly, you know, suddenly we're somewhere. Suddenly there's an incredible amplified improvement. Like putting my putting my mug up on, on video, I keep seeing this again and again, but when I do that, that's going to matter because we have people viewing like a, a random crowd of six people kind of chatting, <laughs> the just chatting on Twitch and they have viewers. Well, right. We've got, we got a black screen with some text on it. We don't even have color yet. Where's that logo? Go to Fiverr, buy the time from somebody to go and make a logo. <laughs> don't make me do everything. I hate you for that. Okay. So, so I, I mean, I could go on. Um, wow. Maybe I should end episodes by, by grilling you minion. <laughs> like, uh, minion, what's on your to-do list? What's the next significant improvement that you would like to do in your processes or for the show? If you're still listening. You're not still listening, are you? You've like, you've literally taken a nap. <laughs> wow, I'm getting dead air. Have I been, I'm, I think I'm on stream. Yep, I'm hearing myself on stream and I'm recording myself even without you. Wow. I laid down for a bit. <laughs> so you took your headset off? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or I used the other I connected to like headphones. Oh, your, your other others. So question still applies. So give me, give me five minutes. Talk about stuff that's on your to-do list. What kinds of stuff are you excited to work on that would improve the show? Play more with the RSS stuff. Learn about it, play around with it. And then one of these days, Twitch cleanup. Twitch cleanup, like the main page, just mimics, like we've got some bots in the, yeah. the chat that you can clean up or at least detail it a bit more. Sure. Sure. And like, you can steal ideas from all kinds of Twitch streamers that have done all kinds of stuff. Um, the R so the RSS thing. So for listeners, the RSS is what, uh, is a format for describing changes, updates, events in a computer readable format it, everyday people tend to not it's sort it's kind of like getting up news updates in your email right and rss is like that and it is necessary for podcasts so podcast services like an app on your phone are uh, designed to reach through to our our server so our website to get an rss feed to pull out to learn well what's the latest episode right? So the list of episodes and their names and all this kind of information and then playing actually reaches onto our server as well to get audio in this case. Now video streaming up, like maybe video would become just a live experience and everything else would be podcasty audio stuff. And I like, we'll figure that stuff out. Now what has to happen is that RSS feed, that uh, information has to be created and it's not created by a person generally it's created by a piece of software and we've got a piece of software running uh that it's it's experimental i only have one choice right now so i'll i mean if this doesn't work out i'll go look for others and others and others and i'll install something and we'll just we'll figure it out like 
podcasting is not new. Therefore, the technology that makes it happen is not new. So I should be able to just like, inarticulately research and find and figure it out. Like I are smart, so I are going to figure it out. And so Minion, what you were talking about is the piece of software that we've got that's we've got like an administration panel and you can upload stuff. Now I went and checked it out because I didn't trust that you would actually do anything with it. <laughs> so I went and looked and it was just throwing errors. And I don't think it's something that you did because it's designed to just like clickety click, upload thing, and it works, right? Uh, so I think maybe it's, there's an old outdated version that got installed or something like that, but I decided I'd delete it and I would reinstall it from scratch. I don't think that's going to solve a problem because problems, it's a brand new installation. <laughs> and if an inst a brand new installation has an error, reinstalling it again is like hitting your head against the wall. It's the exact same thing. So you're just going to get the exact same problem. But I made one change to the install. I installed it in a subdirectory. Maybe that matters. And if it doesn't work, I throw my hands up. Nope, I'm going to go to a different piece of software that's actually maintained that actually works. And uh, we have a one-click installer called Softaculous that's just included with the server package just to make my life easier. And this is, so this is personal hosting. We don't have separate hosting set up for lucidindifference.com. Visit our website and you can check out our playlists. And uh, so I, I, I just use this for my own personal hosting just to experiment with stuff before I figure out how to transfer this into different hosting and blah, 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 right? One thing at a time. So I wanted to test the RSS stuff out. If I have to, I'll just like go over my hosting's head and just hop in and install software the traditional way. I have a background, unfortunately, of having to deal with that nightmare stuff. So I can, I can figure it out. I haven't forgotten any of those skills because I still use them. I still use the technical stuff to, uh, to backups and stuff like that. Backups of, of my own websites and things like this. Anyhow, so, uh, we will not have an actual website change, but the RSS feed stuff will definitely let us whatever iTunes or whatever the heck, right? Not my problem. Okay. So, so minion to day after tomorrow, right? Before next show, um, give me an update. Let me know how it goes. Um, if, if you want me to do the uploading, cause I make the wave files anyway. I mean, I can be the guy that just uploads stuff. If you tell me how, or I can just do the same thing. You can put in, put it in our sync folder in our vault software. And you can do that. doesn't matter to me. Um, okay. Okay. So we're done. So we're done. So this has been uh 2020, 10, 21. What episode is this? 28. Uh, you can listen to us to more of our stuff. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at the moment and we're live on Twitch, but you can look at our old episodes on uh, lucidindifference.com. Thanks and all. See you soon.